Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 223. Hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around. Find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And we're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And each of us on our own spiritual journey. We feel all men that are leaders, leaders of your family, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community, but sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed, spiritually recharged, and that's why we're here. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, our website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com or pray.com, we're glad you're joining us. We are on this uh, No Church Answers Tour Glad you're here, and thanks so much for the comments, donations, continued support. You know, we are starting to get out on the road a little bit, doing uh, videos and stuff on our YouTube channel, um, live events, so if you ever see us out and about, stop in and say hi, and if you want to book us, just uh, go to the website. So um, this, I uh, once again, our producer, Steve Titch. Him and uh, the professor Koshu got us a little bit off script this week. I, I, after I read the production notes on this, I uh, am going to name this uh, Flamethrower Podcast One of Two. <laughs> and uh, once you hear what we're going to cover, this really is the No Church Answers Tour. And so I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to introduce the panel that we have here uh, tonight. Of course, he's a world-class policy writer, professional gambler, and our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Hey, right, Steve. Steve. And, and this, this is really Robert's show. I've read my own notes now, and I'm just, the truth comes out. He felt guilty already, folks. <laughs> That's right. And uh, he's an attorney and prosecutor. Uh, we call him the judge, Michael Cropper. Hey, Mike. Hi, guys. How are you? And uh, corporate trainer, theologian, and the author of this tortured uh, kind of <laughs> podcast that we're going to be doing. Uh, we call him the Professor Robert Koshu. One man's hey, torture is another yes, man's fun. Yeah, <laughs> right. and, and we will uh, condemn Robert, too, if, if, if the podcast doesn't right. go well. Service and logistics guy, awesome, a great guy. We call him the evangelist Earl Lloyd. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. hello, hello. And, me, and my name is Bill Cox. I am basically a salesman and the director. And so with, uh, without any further ado, um, we have... Uh, divided this particular podcast into three subjects uh and we are going uh, we, ladies and gentlemen what you're going to figure out is this as men this discussion is going to get heated after the topic is done we'll reset the next topic will get heated but it'll be probably different people <laughs> so you're going to get three reactions all in one podcast it will be absolutely awesome and with that, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to throw it to the professor to basically give us an overview, and we're going to go from there. 
Professor. All right. Thank you, Bill. So this is the first of three blogs and two podcasts, and it's part one, and we're going to talk about cultural issues tonight. And we've hit on cultural issues on multiple occasions in the podcast, but never had a chance to really dive deep into them. Um, if you want to listen to some of our Ten Commandments podcast, um, I would highly suggest you go listen to those because those are the ones that we really hit as we hit on. To kind of set this up, so this is the future of the church. And right now when we look at a church, and this is why the cultural part becomes important, right now there are basically five generations in church at any one time. The traditionalists, which is anybody born between 1930 and 1945, they are obviously in major decline at this point. The baby boomers, the those folks, born the between, old folks, what does decline yeah, the mean? Okay. The baby boomers who are 46 and between 1946 and 1964, approximately 73 million of those right now. Generation X, those born between 1965 and 1980, about 63 million of those. The off maligned millennials, anybody born between 1981 and 1994, and about 78 million in Generation Z, those born 1995 and later, there's about 84 million of those. By the way, there are different years on this. I use the talent development body of knowledge to do that because, hey, I'm a corporate trainer, and it's what we do. Um, about 40 years ago, churches dominated our landscape, traditional family, men worked at a paycheck, women stayed home, took care of the family. There were very big social and cultural norms. I would argue at some level, churches helped reinforce those a lot of times on a negative level. That was at the point in time, despite what everybody wants to think about now, it just took it to an extreme. That was the period of time in Christian faith where the American flag got wrapped around the Bible, was the 1950s, and it was designed for the baby boomers. What happened in culture, reflected in the church, has the baby boomers sort of started moving on. Gen X came in, but I'm a Gen Xer, and us Gen Xers, we kind of get the short end of the stick because the groups around us are so big, everybody focuses on them. The millennials came in and wanted to change it, and so that'll set up tonight's podcast where we'll really start talking about the changes that are in the culture, and then, as Steve said, how do we as men really focus on those issues? Bill? Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and the first uh, discussion topic is inequality. And our, the scripture that we're using is Matthew 5, 13 through 14. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, a city built on a hill and cannot hide. In Romans 2, 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And 2 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. And with that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get an overview from uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. 
Well, I'm just going to take this from the, from the high level to start with. And I think all these three things we're going to talk about, one is inequality, two is consumerism, three is sexual ethics. We've covered them in different ways at different times. But really, what's here, the key question, what, we'll be what I hope to be talking about is, is, this, is how do we as leaders, and we, we come from the point of view that men are leaders, but particularly in the church in this instance, how do we steer the church in the direction God wants amid all these changes that are happening? And change has always been part of the human condition, but things we know are happening very fast. And for starters, I'd say the overarching challenge to all these questions that we face is getting past the polarization and divisiveness that is within the church. And then fortunately, that divisiveness is a spillover from what we have in the culture, uh, which these days seems to be reveling in divisiveness and one-upmanship and uh, who's better than who. And sadly, I think groups within the church have retreated to extreme corners. On one side, you might have the anything goes accommodation people. I'm, I'm going to generalize here. Uh, no judgments. Uh, we've got to really open the doors and throw everything out. Um, everything, everything needs to be refreshed. On the other side, you have what I think sometimes can be mean-spirited legalism. A, a, a group that <laughs> A group that retreats into, into doctrine and disregards biblical context. And I'm not, we're going to get into political angles next week, so I don't really, I think we should keep that in our back pockets for now. But I think really all of these comes down to, to, to trying to stay united, even if we disagree on things. Wow. Uh, Earl Lloyd, <laughs> I want to get an overview from you, my man. Let's, let's, just, uh, let's just get back to the basics. Early church, when it first started, people came to church to look out after the needy. They came for Bible study. They came to give. They came to pray. And they came to praise God. And as Titch made mention, a lot of people uh, this day and age, they separate from the church because of doctrine. You'd be surprised how many people split churches all because of doctrine. Let's just as Paul makes mention several times, let's just rejoice in the Lord. Let's rejoice in the cross, what was done at the cross. And, and then, you know, let everything else play out. God talks about in Ephesians 1.10 that he's going to bring all of this into unity. So we're not, you know, all our differences. And, and, and let's, let's remember, the devil uses our differences to divide us. So let's be cognizant of that. Excellent. Uh, Michael Crapper, I'm going to let you follow Earl. All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, folks, we are going to look at uh, separation and, and, and uh, a lot of, lot of issues that face the church uh, that comes in from the world. We see many issues outside around mm -hmm. us all the time. We see the news media blowing up issues and making them uh, ten times worse than they are, and they do that for their own effect, their own glory, their own uh, prosperity. Uh, and that is carried into the church. And Steve and Robert said this. This is very interesting. Some of the paperwork that they sent and some of the opinions they gave uh, stated very truly, we tend to follow outside the church. We tend to follow what's going on in the world, and we tend to be affected by that. Uh, strongly, weakly, it depends on the particular issue. Uh, one of the issues that I think Robert or Steve brought up was that the uh, 
at, at least in our, our paperwork that we've seen, the, the church suffers. Is the church really declining in numbers? Where is the church heading? What is the future of the Christian church in America? These two questions were originally posed, proposed some time back. And uh, next week we'll address a derivative of them as well. Stephen Robert had modified the subject, and now I understand it's Robert. <laughs> so, so, folks, if, if, if it's not good, we're going to blame Robert. But there you go. <laughs> that, that, that's totally fair. <laughs> and, uh, we, we've refined the question, and Steve refined the question, is how we as church leaders are supposed to steer the church in the direction God wants. That's the ultimate question. We as men are responsible for that. That's handed to us throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. And this is a difficult question which we as men have to face and we have to act upon. And as I mentioned in the news, we see a lot of anger, hate, jealousy, greed, uh, portrayed through road rage, robberies, assaults, theft, and homicides. And as I mentioned already, Steve mentioned already, economic equality, prejudice, oppression are part of our human condition throughout history, and the Bible addresses this too. I just want to mention right quick, uh, real quick, the future of Christianity and Tim Richards. There is, a, as, as we mentioned earlier, we believe the church is declining. And there's been some type of proof that the uh, church's design has declined in numbers about 7%. Am I correct in the last six years, seven years, guys? Uh, according to Tim Richards, though, according to the Pew study between 2007 yes. and 14, yeah. is that correct? That yep. sound about right? Yep. Uh, those who have walked further from their traditional beliefs lost 5 million members, and the numbers may even be significantly higher. That's in the U.S., and during the same period, however, evangelical churches have grown between two to five million people. This is very interesting because much of the new growth is among non-denominational churches who do not report the attendance growth as the mainline churches that we know of, such as the Baptists, the Methodists, the Episcopalians, Catholic. Uh, the most eye-catching part of the report that he presented was the fact that those who call themselves Christians, uh, I have to apologize, declined eight percentage points in just seven years right. okay at the same time those who did not identify with any faith tradition or religious institution increased over six percent so anyway we're going to talk about a lot of things i don't know if we'll come back to that but whatever the issues is that we bring up we'll go on yes Steve. yeah let me very quickly the reason the non-denominationals are growing in particular at least one of the main theories is is because they don't have any quote-unquote denominational baggage with them, mm. and the denomination, and well, there's a couple of things. Explain that further, Robert. What do you mean? Well, they don't have so the Southern Baptist Convention. Why was the Southern Baptist Convention founded? Raise your hand if you know. Yep, I know. I'm because, not raising my hand because they wanted to appoint <laughs> slave owners as missionaries. The other, the Northern Baptist at the time said, "No, we're not going to do that because that goes against God's word." The Southern Baptist split off. Okay. So that is our. That is our history, okay? And we are not Southern Baptist Convention. I will remind you. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Our, our podcast is not. We, we are, and not, neither is this church. Yeah, neither yeah. Is, uh, is, is it's yeah. Tech. And so, but, you know, but that's where that came from, okay? So that's what I mean by denominational baggage. When we talk about inequality, and, and let me kind of jump, kickstart this. So how do we as men guide the church to address the inequality that exists in our world. And there, there is, and, and Steve brought this out very much on a very much earlier podcast, that the pandemic has actually brought forth and let us see that there are two kinds of people in the world. 
those that have a really good salary and can work from home and sit at home and order their groceries and do all that, and those that serve all of those who sit at home and work from home. And it, it creates two classes. In my blog post, I wrote about going to a convention where everybody was equal. We were all considered leaders in talent development, and we were all masking and all six feet separated and all of this. I got invited last weekend to a um, banquet honoring people at my alma mater, the University of Houston, and I'm just going to say I was I was that was very much above my pay grade on average, um, and none of us were masked, none of us were doing anything. The only people that were were those sitting were those serving us in their black outfits and black masks so that they would blend into the background. And so how do we as a church, or how do we as leaders in the church, start addressing this? And, and part of it is, to me, we have to make sure that, you know, I, I was watching a show today, and it's an American crime story, but basically one of the persons looks at Monica Lewinsky and says, you, intern girl, <laughs> didn't even take time to find her name out. Because who was she? She was the intern girl. So how do we as men go back? And, and I agree with Earl. It, it's getting back to the basics because Jesus did the oddball things. He went to the woman at the well, that Samaritan woman who was an adulterer, and hung out with her hired a tax collector to be one of his top disciples, went to his house and ate dinner, you know, and took all kinds of nonsense for it because he wanted to make sure the people who weren't seen in the culture of the day were seen in the culture. And I think that that's the question. How do we make sure that everybody in culture gets seen and gets noticed for who they are? We have to see them. Yeah, that's, totally that's agree. the thing. That's the thing. Now, now, my I think more important, even looking back on past podcasts, was what we did when 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 Jesus encountered the leper yep. and grew indignant. Jesus was the only person to see that leper and let him touch him. And and remember, we went back over how. And this is this is what we have to be mindful now. The people of the time didn't see the leper. Right. And took the idea that he was an outcast as part of the norm. Right. And Jesus really attacked that. He was, you know, it really, that not only did it, it you know, it made him angry, not just, you know, for, it, because he felt, he felt sorrow and mercy for the leper. He was angry about the way his, the people of his own religion had mm -hmm. institutionalized the, the ostracism of that per, of that leper. There are many, many areas. Inequality is such a big word, it's like the universe to me. Wealth has always been a distinction between families, cultures, countries, consumers. Jesus was the ultimate example of God's love, however, and he came as a poor person. He was born to a poor family, at least to a, a family that was not wealthy, let's say it that way. Um, he said there will always be those in poverty existing in our society. Uh, he did not condemn. Remember that was happened whenever uh, the person put the lotion on his feet, put the uh, uh, expensive stuff the, on his feet. Perfume, exactly. Perfume. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. He did not condemn the wealthy for having a lot of money, but he did state it's difficult for those with wealth to give it up. 
when they were confronted by the choice of following God or keeping their money. And that, of course, is a rich one, young ruler. Now, we, we seem to have lost our direction in church as well. And as Christians, God did not create everyone equal. What I'm talking about when I say we're not created equal, in, some are taller than others, some are heavier than others, some are lighter than others, some are male, some are female. We're not all made the same. However, we are made in God's image, and we are equally, equally valuable in God's image, and we were equally loved. So, yes, did, did I cover that a little better? And you're welcome to add more. Earl, anybody, any of you can add more to that. The point is, 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 is physically, I guess I should have said physically, we're not created equal. Let, let me just say this. I'm a praying man, and I trust the process. I look back at what what you make mention of inequality, I look back at what 20 years was, and now I look at now. I look at what this church was 16 years ago when I got here. Now look at, I mean, we got a, got a brother on the staff. Uh, so I trust God that things are being made better, you know, uh, as far as inequality is concerned. That, that'll be fixed in time. That'll be fixed in time. And let me also say this. Matthew, I believe it's Matthew 16, 18, where God talks about um, he built this church on a, on a rock. Uh, I believe uh, talking to Peter, he built this church on a rock. And the church is not going anywhere. The gates of hell will not be able to stand against the church. So church going to always be around. And like the 144,000 God talks about, God got about 144,000 plus people stand, stand, on standby. <laughs> so church ain't going nowhere. But, and you ask what do we do or what can we do? You, you keep doing the podcast. You put the podcast in front of, a, in front of an audience. You keep, you keep praying. And Paul always, in, in, in Philippians uh, 4, 6, Paul, t- tell us to worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Ephesians 6, 18, tell us to pray on all occasions. Romans 12, 12, it say be in constant prayer. And in 5, 17, in Thessalonians, he tell us to pray without ceasing. So continue to connect with God on, on, on most of these issues and, and watch God work. I, I got one more thing to add because I, I think we, in some ways we've been talking around it, but I'm going to follow up on, on, on Earl. It's, we're not where we were certainly 50 years ago where, it was where, where you could be openly racist and, and not get called out on, but we still got planks in our eye, and, and it's, a, it's a little more subtle than that, and it's, and it's worldwide, the, and it goes back to the Gospels. Walking, al- I, I'm not sure where it was. They're walking along the road, or they're having dinner. But uh, the apostles, one of the first things they thought of was, "Hey Jesus, when we get to the celestial banquet, who's gonna sit next to you?" <laughs> and, 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 and so it's this human nature to divide yourselves into levels, classify yourselves. Into, yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and certainly, countries like India have a caste system. Which is which is rigid, but even even in our own societies, you go you go to high school, you got high, jocks, you got you got greasers, you got nerds, you got weirdos. You, you, the first thing you do is figure out where you fit, and mm-hmm. in, in through life, and, and and you communicate that by the way you dress, or the way you talk, or the way you uh, you know the the whatever whatever it is you it, everything's a subtle way of signaling here's where I am, and you will treat people because not not because you're innately sometimes deliberately racist or deliberately classic classes because this is all you know this is what you grew up with this is the way it always was and this is why 
we as men, this is what we have to be aware of because we are very constantly falling into these old patterns. And we need to recognize them in ourselves and in others. And, and I think that's, and it, I, I admit, I don't know what to do after that. Awareness is important, but, but I think it comes down to empathy. I'll go back to, to your blog. You pointed out, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And maybe it comes down to, in order to wash somebody's feet, you got to wash somebody's feet. <laughs> You well, can't you, just you, look. You, you have to. You have to do it. You have to. You have to. Ex, you have to. You have to humble yourself. And, and I'm going to go maybe to maybe the not point. literally, but but certainly figuratively. You can't just talk about it. It it involves actually doing it. Well, and I'm going to go to the point. It it has leaders and Christian men. We have to be willing to call out injustice when we see Amen. it. And, and and part of it is, and this is, and, and if you read the blog, and I'll, I'll mention real quick, I said I didn't want to go down a rabbit hole of racism. <laughs> and, and the reason why I didn't, I acknowledge it exists, I acknowledge it does, but I'm going to use the example of, we'll use George Floyd just because everybody knows that one. Everybody's like, well, that was a racist cop. No, that was somebody that murdered somebody. <laughs> and the minute we throw racism into everything we ignore that becomes the panacea of that's that so we're going to deal with racism no we need to indict that cop throw that cop in jail find out exactly why he did that and move forward with that the problem that we're not i've had that here yeah that doesn't that absolutely doesn't matter here that's not that is that yeah. is not an issue the issue that we're talking yep. about on this particular topic right was demographics yeah okay well inequality inequality whatever okay wealth creates walls poverty creates community and if you ever want any evidence of that look in an esquire magazine you will see nothing about religion faith or church you go to any soup kitchen and in every one you will see faith on display on the wall because faith is crisis management for the people that are downtrodden. And that is the reputation that the church has at this moment. So, and with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. Man Up, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Facebook, under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for The Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact Man Up at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. All right, and with that, we're this is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast number two twenty three, and this is the flamethrower, the very first one, flamethrower podcast one of two. Topic two is consumerism, and I'm going to uh, throw the ball to Earl first. Uh, you want to take a swing at this topic on the consumerism, or you can say I pass if you want. <laughs> right. Oh wow. Yeah. We, 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 we talked a lot about this last week regarding yeah. um, Solomon yeah. gathering yeah. all of that stuff. 
and for what? And I always ask my class this, my ABF class this, how many of you all are able to put your cars in your garage? And if not, why not? Thanks, Earl. Tish may mention it is, we fall into a pattern of, of, of just doing what we you know see other people doing. We just fall into this pattern of just accumulating stuff. I mean, you can clean out your house, and then in a week later, a, month, a year later, you've accumulated a whole nother barrage of stuff. And you know, good question. How do you? How, how do you? How do we get away from that? How do we get a consumer? How do we get away from consumers? Just, just taking and then, and don't don't run across something where somebody's saying it's free because we just why, why are we so quick to just you hear free you just automatically go get it and you don't even need it but just because it's free we, we just. It's just a bad mentality, but, but but again, everything goes back to Mike. Mike may mention regarding we get distracted. A lot of times we just get distracted from God's word, and and the flowers. I'll end with this: the flowers fade, the grass withers, but this is the only thing that lasts forever. Well, here's the thing: I think uh, modern day people uh, confuse wealth for wisdom. When they see someone that is wealthy. They assume that that person has something that they want beyond wealth because they know they're not going to get a check. They're going to want they want to find their secret of how did they get it? And so and I think that in our society, we've confused wealth, connections, good looking with somebody that has everything going on. We add that together and we label the basket wisdom. And that is not true. And we confuse wealth with happiness, right? Or right? That's the big problem. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm going to, real quick, show of hands around here. Growing up, how many of you had more than one TV in your house? There's only five of us here. For a majority of it. I think, think, yeah. Steve would be the, I had Steve did. Once (laughs) I hit high school, I got a TV in my room. Okay, I want you to think through that for a minute. Well, that just oh, could mean we're old. You know what? Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah. Well, I, did, I did too. But no, I did too. I'm, in high school. I'm looking now at RVs, camping trailers that have three TVs <laughs> oh, in that them. Was, uh, that, hey, that's technology, though. Some of it's technology, but some of it is green has taken over. But some of it is also a speak of consumerism that I have to have it there. I mean, do you really need three TVs in a camping trailer? I go camping in one right now without one in it, even. We don't even have one in our current camper. But it, but it, but it's, it's, it's one of those, and, and I think this is it, and I think this is what it boils down to. It all comes back to Exodus, uh, let me get it right here, 2017. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant, or his maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And I think the thing is, like you guys have all alluded to, we look at what other people have. We we you look we and you don't know. And you know, Earl had to go. Earl had to go call me out because I ain't got e car in the garage right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we, we look at other people and our eyes get big, and right. we 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 start imagining ourselves with that. And we, yeah. you know, we, we we imagine they're happy. Exactly. We, we imagine yeah. that exactly. they're content. Well, and, and I'm going to say the, the, little, the little pocket screen we all have mm-hmm. and a little thing called social media has made that worse because what pictures do you see 
of someone's life. If you scroll through my Facebook feed right now, you'll see some memories from some football games that I've reshared where my son and I are sitting on the sideline taking selfies after Happy game. times. Yeah, you'll see, you'll see my wife and I at the That's U of right. H Hall of Honor banquet last weekend in front of the U of H Big 12, you know, screen, you know, having a good time. You're going to see the nice meal we cooked. You're going you're gonna to see, like you said, Steve, happy times. Okay, we, but we're, we're kind of, yeah. which is in a good way, we're convicting ourselves here. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but that's, and, and, and that's, a, that's kind of a problem because I think we very much want to rationalize it. And, and, and mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, we, we taught, we, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, we did the talent scripture. Well, our investments are, are supposed to pay off. Uh, we did, <laughs> uh, I think that was in our, our um, that was on our Men, Men Matter podcast. Yep. So, so on, on, on risk and COVID and all that, you can check that out from a few weeks ago. But we, but there's also, and, and, and in t- it ties into inequality too. One of the strongest messages of the gospel and probably the whole Bible, if you want to go that far, is that God's way of measuring things is completely different Amen. from man's. You yeah. you can't yeah. you, you probably have an inkling, but you can't fathom everything you think is important in life. And I'll even get to when we talk about sex. I'll even bring that in then. But everything you think is important: money, uh, stature, uh, wealth, uh, wives. Um, it doesn't matter to God. Amen. What what really matters, and it's all there, and, and that's and that's where we come in. We've really yeah. got to keep uh, our own eyes and the eyes of our friends in church on the gospel, on the gospel. message, on, the gospel on message. God's values. Amen. Yes. Yeah, man. God, made, God, God made us for His pleasure, and, and that's what that's what He wants us focusing on Him. And it talks about God's been God been a jealous a jealous God. So when we go off in what you call rabbit holes, mm-hmm. these 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 social media mm-hmm. accounts. Oh, yeah. How many of us in here have more than one social media account? Just by just by shorthand. I, I do, but that's I'm, because of my position with ATD. Lean not yeah. into our own yeah. understanding, yep. but uh, acknowledge God and all our and, and, and everything that we do, and and He will direct our path. So our main focus should be God. Our conversation, when we walk up on people, we should be wanting to get the conversation to Jesus Christ. That should be our main focus. That and should that, that, that should take up the, 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 the majority of yep. our day. But we like to consume. We like yeah. to consume. Oh, to we, we're, hey, okay. we're, we're a spiritual being that's temporarily human. We have human aspects and human uh, desires, desires yeah. and, and things yeah. in our life that need to be handled and also we have the maturation process of the human being that that I don't want that tints our uh, judgment and our knowledge and our decisions as we age. The prospect of mortality for the physical part of this is what changes us as we go through the stages of life. And this consumerism, I mean, it's a big its a big part of it. It's being able to preserve yourself, your family. But, I mean, but where does it end? I get that. I don't park my uh, cars in the garage. That We have a business in there. <laughs> I would say that's <laughs> you your know business. What I'm saying? It's part of. That is how we prepare and provide and use our God-given talent to take care of the physical part of this part of our 
existence. Yeah. Well, the, and and go ahead, Mike. Oh, Earl said something really, really good. Struck it out with me, and 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 the way I put myself back in order every once in a while, when the Lord reminds me, as 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 I remind myself that I was here, I was placed on this earth, I was born for God's benefit. And Earl said that so clearly, folks. If you do that, if you say that I was put here for God's benefit, not my own, then it'll start putting everything back in perspective. Everything you have is given to you or entrusted to you from God, and you're a steward of what he gives you, and you're to give back. If you have a lot of wealth, you're to give back a lot to him, a lot of the wealth. I think as men, it's, it's, I think as leaders in the church, it's kind of like it's our duty to call out when we see total injustice in the world. It's our duty to call out stupid consumerism. You know, and there, there Such is... Such uh, You might get me. shot. Such as hoarding. <laughs> Hoard, well, it's hoarding, but it, it's more than that. It, 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 it's it's one of those... Not a Christian. You know, I, I'm, my son owns pants that I would not ever pay for. Now, he did not pay for them either. He was given them as part of his job. But suffice to say, there are pants that, over, that cost over $100. Yeah, and, and Earl just made a face that I made the same face when he told because we went in to see how much do they cost, and I was like, "Holy cow!" Do you know the back end of this? And this is this is mm-hmm. a men's issue, debt. Uh, where it leads to? Yes. Where where it le- it leads to it, quite literally an imprisonment of debt, and um, it's the get it it you deserve it at all cost mentality mm-hmm. right. that affects men, and I think that's the other thing that. As leaders, we have to mm-hmm. really be prepared to call out because that's mm-hmm. something that affects your work life. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll affect mm-hmm. your church life mm-hmm. because well, you'll I, you'll I, run <laughs> over people at church to get stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bill, Bill, we see you down there yeah, struggling. Ready to take uh, uh, break number two, but I only uh, totally disagree with what Steve Titch and uh, Robert Koshu were talking about. I say stretch yourself and. Uh, and be worth it. So, and with that, uh, we're going to topic three: <laughs> sexual ethics. Man up, spiritual oasis for men podcast. We will be right back. Hey, pastors, pastors and church, church leaders. leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm taking uh, <coughs> taking the score, and it was uh, three to one on the last time on that last topic. And uh, now we're going into sexual ethics. Now, uh, this is um, what we're talking about in this particular flamethrower podcast. One is cultural issues. This podcast is one of two, and we're going to hit sexual ethics notes uh, from producer Steve Titch. Changing world, sexual liberation, modern roles for men and women, new understanding of human sexuality. The cultural pressure nowadays, no boundaries, no judgment. I define my own sexual morality. Uh, 
reaction, legalism, denial, ostracism, emphasis on complementarianism, and the biblical response, let the one without sin and throw the, the first stone, and that's John 8, 7. If, if I may interject, because I use a big word there, what complementarianism is. That's a big word. Um, a it's, big word. It's I really, said it right, though. Didn't yes, I? you, you did, did say it you right. You did. Um, and, <laughs> it's, and it's something, again, you brought it up, the Southern Baptist Convention is really having fights over. Beth Moore, who was a, a woman who was a leading, leading figure in that, which is about as, you know, as far as a woman could go because they don't allow women to be preachers in the SBC. Al Green's daughter, um, <laughs> and Al Green was a member here. And that is correct. And no, that <laughs> explains why her, she's a bit, you know, feisty. But compliment, <laughs> complementarianism is particularly strong in, in the Southern Baptist Convention, and that says there are specific roles for men and women. And, of course, they tend to fall back on the roles of 1950 <laughs> as doctrine. When, you know, you could look back in biblical times, you could look back over the course of history and see different roles and pick out one. But I, I, I don't mean to jest, but that's, that's an illustration of the retreat, of, of trying to get into doctrine, trying to get into, trying to, trying to force issues in reaction to, to reality. And the reality is, is that there are now more women in college than men. Uh, by there, a significant number, are, by the there, way. Yes, there that, are. That's a there huge are, difference There are now. women there. And, and, I'm, and we are, we, um, many of us have daughters here. We're very happy for them to see how, how successful they're becoming and how fulfilled professionally they're becoming. So, um, so there are different roles. I'm not saying this is all bad. I'm just saying these are the facts that are changing. Now we're dealing, of course, with sexuality. And I don't want to rehash... What, what was our podcast 212? So podcast, what, what? we had two podcasts, podcast 212, which is our live show, yes. mm -hmm. Does Adultery Still Matter? Mm -hmm. And then podcast 125, which was on Thou Shalt Not Commit Adultery from right. Exodus. So, and so I would I highly know, advise I our yeah. listeners, go listen go to that. Go listen to that because that's where we talk about the issues. But here yep. again, what is, you know, what are we as leaders, where, where, what's God's direction? And, I, and I'll leave it at that in, because, because, you know, there is, this is a big debate and uh, churches are splitting over homosexuality. Well, Denominations are splitting over that. Uh, there are issues within churches over domestic, you know, living together, um, domestic partnerships versus marriage. Uh, all those divorce, of course, goes back. So that's that's that, and it's the touchiest I could say. Well, but it is also very visible in the culture as to where evangelicals are and where evangelicals tend to get the most heat. Well, well you know, the thing about it is, I think that everybody has to have their own lane, and they have to see where their circle of influence is. For example, I'm a mixed bag on that. Why? Because I have a men-only adult Bible fellowship. So I'm not inclusive at all. Mm -hmm. But that is a need that I see. I see in the churches, they'll welcome men that are coupled, but there aren't places for men that are widowed, divorced, <laughs> uh, separated, uh, having having tough times. That's what Man Up is for, is is to minister to those groups. And I think that's what each person, each person does and has the responsibility. Where are you called to make that to make that difference? Wh you know, where where is your talent now? For example. It's out of my pay grade when we had uh, homosexual talent up on stage. 
I I didn't hire him. I'm not going to fire him. This is my church. They're leading me in worship. I'm going to continue to worship. I don't have. That's above my pay grade to make that determination. But but isn't that a cop-out? Because we're trying to talk about that everything is in uh, our, our pay grade. Uh, you can't, you can't say, and, I'm, and so I'm going to go back and say, All so right. you've got to, no, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I think, I think you should be, that point of view that you have is part of the problem. Part of the, part, not part of the problem, part, okay. of the, part of the debate at least, and part of your role in the church. That voice okay. is not, not something that, that you should be, that should be in the background. Okay, and, and, and people's, what, people's what, wisdom is based on their experience. My experience is, Growing up in a, a conservative area, I didn't hire him. I respect the chain of command. Okay. My leaders, my leadership position, they they hired him. Mm-hmm. I respect that. This is my religious experience. That so I'm may having. I may I basically then paraphrase by saying right. you trusted the decision of the of the pastor and the pastors whom you are you as a church and a congregation elected or. or Selected, yeah, okay. exactly. Selected. Earl, 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 Earl's getting out of something. <laughs> Apostle Paul, first of all, say get that guy out of here. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and reference to he don't uh, talk. He talked about in this letter. Mm-hmm. You can't mix. You can't mix that in. It's like oil and water because it's like stealing from the faith. And I'm with Titch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we, we us as men, we cop out on things of that nature by not saying nothing. That's 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 how we cop out by not saying. Nothing. Those things ought to be brought to the table, and it should be brought to the table constantly until something is done about it. I'm, I'm looking at uh, the web website, Internet, right now, folks, and I, I brought this up before. And there's all sorts of places on here. We're talking all about homosexuality because the news media does. There's many other sins we're ignoring. <laughs> Right? Oh, no yeah. I'm looking at yeah. I'm looking at Swinger but the, website. But the church lets itself Homo- get caught up in the same homosexuality. That is an abomination to God. That's not just a maybe sin. He, it's an abomination. Hate, maybe he hate God hates right. that. Okay. The, yes, it's the same the as sleeping with an animal. <laughs> it's, they're in the same. They're in the same verse. You shall not lay. A man shall not lay with a man, a woman with a woman, or an animal. They are in the same verse, guys. Oh, Look yeah. at that, boy. Let me tell you. I don't care if you don't believe it or not. It's in there. Okay, now, here's... Let me give a little context. And here's a, okay, let's, let, let me hold on, hold on. Let, let me so, go back to this. Okay. When we talked about the nuns earlier, do y'all want to know... So well, in, my, it, in my piece, and I mentioned this group before, the hashtag exvangelical group, this topic is what has led that group to leave the church so this isn't a group the group I'm talking about they're not the nuns okay Mm -hmm. the nuns are the people who have disappeared they're part of the nuns they're a subset they're leaving the church and leaving the church loudly because of sexual ethics and not just homosexuality either they're, they're what, leaving what, what, what the church. What are the ethics? Is it because women are well, preachers? Is that no, why? no. That's the opposite. No. They're, they're, they're going, they're, they're part of the... Homosexuality and what else is... is what, what they're, one of their big other things is, and I, I will tell you this. Go ahead and say it. I under, no, 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 no. It's, like, it's, uh, it's the True Love Waits group. So True Love Waits was designed to have, it was designed to address teenage sexuality in the church. Okay. Okay, there was a group that took True Love Weights and said, 
kiss dating goodbye. No more dating ever. I know Earl has a daughter, so he was totally on board with that. <laughs> well, I mean, I just want you to go ahead and get yeah, it out there. When but, you got to it, it's like right, you start but, tiptoeing around the, it. But, but that group got a little crazy mm-hmm. on the back end. And I was one of the youth leaders that looked at it and said, okay, I can sign up for the True Love Weights, and we need to encourage our teenagers to hold off on sexuality and all of that. But I was also of the group that said, if y'all think we're going to get boys and girls to quit dating, Y'all are about as stupid as it can go. <laughs> because quite honestly, I almost viewed it as evangelism because I ended up Baptist because of a cute tennis player. <laughs> you know, back in the day. And so, but that those two strands are the two things that have led to this loud group. You know, and and the other part and, and I think this is the other part of the question. I think there is the discussion of on staff and in leadership. But I think it's a different discussion. Do you let them come to the church? Because there are churches that will tell you, I don't want a homosexual setting foot in our church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I am, so true. And so true. I am horribly against that. So true. I, I think the debate level is where, we, is where we've landed. I think, do you, what is the line? And I think when we talked about this once before, I said, so when I was doing the barbecue, if somebody I knew who was a member of the church didn't really know they were homosexual, but let's just say they were, and they even if I knew, and they said, hey, I want to come help out with the barbecue and set tables up. Knock yourself out, buddy. <laughs> I'll take all the help I can get on that. How about coming to the church but not holding a position in the church? I think that's fair. We, we've talked about that. Yeah. I'm, and and the th- now because, I'm going to go. Because part of it is, in my mind, if there is a Holy Spirit work of conviction that can occur, mm-hmm. it can occur sitting in your house, I think. But it's more mm-hmm. likely going to occur if you're here. I'm going to begin by saying there kind of are, are, are three, kind of three positions. And we kind of hit that. Right. One, is, one is simply being gay is a sin and it's a choice. And like, like you said, you're not, you're not coming to the church at all. Then there's the belief that is being gay, and I think that's kind of where we're getting, getting to be now. Being gay isn't a sin itself, but acting on it is. Ah, and okay. and I think you know, and 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 I have problems with that. Now I'm now I'm like I said, I'm going to go right against the crowd and say, kind of sexual. And this is the third position: sexual orientation is the way the person was created. There's no choice involved, and same-sex relationships are not sinful. Now, I know you pointed out the scripture, and I can't argue with that, but there's also, here, here's, where, here's where I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. It may disappoint you, but I don't think there's sex in heaven. Uh, I, I don't think, you mean, how, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, let me finish. Uh, we Paul, don't get our own planet with five wives? Uh, no, no, oh, sorry. Now no. I'm disappointed. No. Oh. <laughs> You know, Paul writes, there is, in God, there is no male or female. This is all temporary. Uh, sexuality is an element of God's earthly creation. It's biological. I don't think it's going to matter when it gets to heaven. And I don't really know what's going to happen in heaven, but I don't see any purpose for it there under, what's, under where we go and what we become, what we become transformed. We won't need sex anymore. We'll, we'll be immortal. But, uh, but back up when you said that, mm-hmm. you said that same-sex same, what did you say about same-sex relationships? Same-sex relationships are not necessarily sinful. Now that's that's same a reading. Same-sex relationships are not. So, sinful. So I, I think How, a covenant. You, I think a covenant relationship 
like a marriage where, where you know there's no this promiscuity. Yeah, I will say. Well, you guys all had your <laughs> soapboxes. Same, 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 same sex relationships are not similar. We have to revisit it. Let me put it this way: We have to revisit it. We have revisited divorce. We allow divorced people, we allow divorced pastors in some cases, we allow divorced people in church, even though there is a biblical injunction in that, we have revisited suicide. Suicide was once a sin that you could, that you were out, you no burial in, in sacred ground, you were, you, were, you, were, you were spiritually ostracized, you were gone. Now we've come to see suicide as, as, as a symptom of depression and depression of mental illness, and a suicide can be as sad as a death, but the same type of death from another disease like cancer. We are, we are coming to understand that. And now we're coming to understand matters of human sexuality. And I think the biggest, the biggest thing, I mean, if I could get one thing through, the idea that homosexuality is not a choice. We don't Sexual agree orientation we don't is agree with not you. a choice. I don't but agree with you. Were you born? Okay, I'm going to tell you simply as this. But when it was not a choice, it was all. I was always straight. When it came prom time, it was going to be either Betty or Veronica, not Betty, Veronica, Arch, and Jughead. One of them. I never had any desire or any attraction to a male, but. It isn't. It isn't a choice. I didn't go choice. to school with you. And <laughs> and I, was, I was a pretty and, sexy and, guy. And, and that, and I think, and obviously, there's some convincing here. But, but that's yeah. that. I think begins the process of really understanding what this is about. Because I, it, nobody, you know, think of all the history of, you know, we had in the '60s of, of what what gay people had to do, and nobody would choose that. <clears throat> What, what and we're coming down to the end well, of wait, wait, podcast wait, 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 number two. I want to hear her. I got to hear her. I want Michael probably read what he read earlier. What when you said that the Bible, you read it out. The Bible said that a man should not lay. Well, did Robert Kosher read that? A man should not lay with another man. Oh, I said that. Leviticus. You remember Leviticus seventeen or ten? I didn't. I didn't. I would have to look it up. Oh yeah. Well, also, and while he looks at that, I'll I'll throw mine in. There's also admissions in Corinthians about flea sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's part of the discussion, I think. But I will also say at one point I agree with Mike, we have made the homosexual issue the issue. Far bigger than it is. It, it, yeah, and I, think it need, and I think that's where our mistake. Pastor Taylor says it's easier to say what you're for than what you're against. And I think a lot of the churches that have come out so hard on anti-homos, the, the uh, what's the name of the church? They go and protest the military funerals. No, they're not a church. Don't even, don't even, uh, don't even those give them guys. the, they, they the actually have the word Baptist in their and name, I think, though, I think and it drives me crazy. I think they've disbanded because, I know, hope so. Um, but, but don't but even they, give them the dignity but, of calling but them they're, a church. But they're, <laughs> they're an example of a, of a group that took that yes. mm -hmm. to the extreme point that you can't even talk about it. And I think, I think you have to talk about, I think the, the level of discussion is at what level are they involved, at what level are they mm -hmm. participate? I am going to go back and research that <laughs> same-sex relationships are not necessarily sinful. And I, I do want to research that. We're, we're, we're going to hit this one again next week. Let me, let me say this, this because when Pastor Phil passed away, mm -hmm. I researched suicide, and I went back and looked at all the people who committed suicide in the Bible, Samson. And I believe Judas, I believe uh, 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 who is his name Saul, 
and I believe it was somebody else. And the question was, do they have a chance to get into heaven? And you'd be surprised. I've read verses where Jesus Christ is down in the depths of hell speaking. The gospel in the depths of, 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 of hell speaking the gospel. So I'm, I'm going to take a look at that. I'm going to take a look at that. Same-sex relations are not necessarily simple. And that's the first I've heard, I, that's first I've heard somebody in, in, in a church, church say in a church say that. So that's going to be my homework. That's right. Uh, Note your answers to her right here. Sign up podcast number 223. Get some final thoughts uh, from the fellows. Michael Cropper. Okay. I don't have my clue. Okay, real quick, uh, it's one of the locations. There's another one that says it's clear an abomination, Lloyd. Uh, but the uh, Leviticus 18.22, and I apologize, it's two separate verses. I said there were one. Uh, Leviticus 18.22 says, You shall not lie with a male or with a woman. It is an abomination. That's mm-hmm. not true. It is there, right there. Uh, a male shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It's an abomination, period. It doesn't say, maybe not. It says, nor shall you mate with any animal. <laughs> That's the next part. I'm sorry. Okay. So, it, 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 folks, it's a loaded. It's a loaded subject. It's a topic. And Steve has every right in the world to, to, uh, to make a choice or a de- decision um, believing that it's okay, okay? Um, Steve is fantastic. He loves the Lord with all his heart. And that's what's important. In the whole purpose of this thing, uh, uh, this whole podcast, looking on 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 all these uh, consumerism, sexual ethics, everything, and what I was going to read earlier, folks, was that uh, there are a whole bunch. Of, if you look up websites on swingers, uh, first of all, the Bible clearly says in Leviticus 18, uh, and and also one of the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. Uh, with another person's wife, okay? That's a married person, right? A man shall not commit adultery with another person's wife. It also says you shall not uh, sleep with your father's wife, a son or a daughter. You shall not sleep with your aunt. You not shall sleep with your stepsister. There's all sorts of things. That's in Leviticus 18. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. There, There are many of these things, I think, that are that are equal in, in sin that are presented here, but we get off on a homosexuality because the media ramps it up mm-hmm. and it's taken out way out of proportion, way out of context, right? Mm-hmm. There, because we all sin. God had made a provision for that, and we dealt with that a couple of weeks ago when we said, when Solomon prayed to God and he said, when we sin, if we turn mm-hmm. our face to you and we repent, mm-hmm. doesn't say continuing mm-hmm. the same thing, he says, if we repent and turn our face to you and we look toward this temple which we have built for you, will you hear our voice and will you hear our prayer and will you forgive our sin? And the same thing I think here, yes, if, if you ask forgiveness, whether you've committed adultery, whatever it is, God will forgive you. It's a promise. And you turn from your wicked way and mm-hmm. seek him. So now, real quick, uh, closing, folks, uh, God gives us rules to follow. How do we deal with this practically? He gives us rules to follow. The Ten Commandments, the detailed laws in Leviticus uh, for the Jewish people who are leaving Egypt and going to the Promised Land. Jesus gave us further instructions in his Sermon on the Mount. He says we can't even think about another woman mm-hmm. sex-wise. He says it's a sin if you think about it, okay? Mm-hmm. 
He gave us many rules, including church prayer out in the public, giving of our tithes so other people can see it, mm-hmm. praying in the public, and showing off our great clothes to make other people jealous and envy. Mm-hmm. Right, right? Okay. He also told us that we should not call our brother a fool, raka, or loan money to a person and expect it back if we can afford a loan, if we can if we can afford to loan the person the money and give it to them or the garment. The, the point here, folks, there are many rules. If we could follow every one of them, we would be pure and we would be unadulterated and we would not need to ask God for his holiness to come into our life, right, guys? And, and we would be righteous and holy with the need. We would not need to pray or ask forgiveness if we could follow every one of those. Those are ultimate Guys, what do you call it when, when, when it's a, a goal that you want to reach out for? Virtues. Those are ultimate virtues that Jesus presented, God presented to us, the Old Testament. And we cannot keep them, whether it's mentally or thought or anything like that. We can trial our lives, and that's our whole point in serving God. We as men are supposed to do that. And when we, fe- when we mess up, we ask the Lord's forgiveness. And, and our, the first ones who are going to see this is our children, right, and our family. If we don't do that, they're not going to see it. They're not going to know where to go. And then in the church, where do we go in the church? The same thing, folks. If we mess up, we ask the Lord's forgiveness and say, I'm sorry and I apologize because we are supposed to do that. And that's the kind of standard of model we want to set. Bill? Excellent uh, takeaway from you, Steve. The roadmap for us is the Bible is God's word. Um, and, and you know, it, like any really road, road map or even top, top, topo map, it's sometimes very difficult to read. Uh, the, the miracle part of this is, is that, you know, the books were written of the Bible, were written over the course of around 15 centuries. And even though its authors might have been addressing a certain group of people at a certain group of time, it transcends that and speaks to us now uh in our in our time and the thing though is that the guidance it offered one generation you might say this go back back to your generation issue the guidance the bible the truth of the bible offered one generation may not be the same guidance another generation gets so we've got to be careful i think and prayerful Mm. when it comes Mm. to applying uh god's god's teachings and and hear it for our generation and, and finally, let's find a starting point. I've gone on too long. But you talk about Satan, and I call principalities and mm-hmm. powers. Amen. That's true. Amen. They, That's they true. want division. Mm-hmm. They, and I mean, the great thing is that we've had this spirited flamethrower debate. We're all going to be back here next week. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and we have a lot of things in common. Not what, on sex, and, 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 and as we talked about all for the Sol- Solomon issue, the tragedy of Israel was that it split. It, it was unified. It was great when it was unified, but divided it fell to conquerors. God is the authority, and he wants the church to be his agency here on earth. And God is who we answer to, and we can disagree, but I think all among us agree that that the goal is to seek the kingdom. And that is where we got to start with, with our churches. We're here to seek the kingdom, and the Bible tells us what that kingdom is. So starting today, here's what as men we can do, because divisiveness is such a problem. For everything you see, hear, or read on TV, social media, in the newspaper, anywhere, even before you ask if it's true or not, which is a good question, 
ask yourself this question. Is it designed to help me understand the world and connect me with others and increase my empathy for others or, and love for others? Because if it is, it likely comes from God. Or is it designed to create division and make me feel separate, superior, smarter, angrier, better? And if it's that, I'm going to say flat out, it's evil, especially today. Because I think the forces of nihilism want us divided. I think the forces of nihilism and even the forces of, of Satan does not want a unified church. That's the worst thing that could happen to Satan. I mean, already, already Christ died for the sins. That was, that was number one. But, you know, a unified church everyone working in one direction. Think about how awesome that could be for the kingdom. And, and think about the one entity who really doesn't want that to happen. And then think about who's serving whom. And uh, so, you know, if it's eagle, stop reading, stop listening, scroll on, delete it. Final thought, Earl? You know, there's a lot to unpack uh, in this particular segment, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to do something different. Mm -hmm. And uh, Titch hit on a, a few key points. I'm just going to I'm gonna pray uh, for a closing for, mm -hmm. for myself and uh, just ask God that he would lead and guide and just direct um, uh, us regarding his word. God in heaven, I just continue, continue to just thank you, and uh, I praise you and I glorify you, and uh, I just thank you for this podcast. I thank you for you give... Uh, these men passion to come together and just discuss your word. I do ask that you would help us to seek ye first your kingdom. And uh, we know all these things, uh, all these things, will uh, righteousness will be added to us. And regarding the inequality, the sexualism, and the consumerism, I'm not too much worried about that because I know none of that is in heaven. And I ask that you would help us not to conform to the patterns of this world. And because, as Titch make mentioned, we know that you have authority over all. And I ask that you help us to not pay too much attention to publications that have statistics in them because we know, God, that you can change things at a drop of a dime. I do continue to just ask that you would give each and every one of these individuals in this room uh, the blessings that they stand in need of. And please give us wisdom and uh, give us knowledge of your word and plant your word in our hearts. These present blessings in your son Jesus' name. Amen. And, Professor, uh, a preview of next week's podcast. Yeah. So, first of all, great way to end the podcast, mm -hmm. by the way. Just going to throw that out there for this topic in particular. So, next week, we're going to go into part two, which is theology, doctrine, polity, and liturgy. And I'm going to talk about those last two because everybody, theology is the overarching belief of God, doctrine is individual how individual churches interpret that. A lot of people may not be aware of the final two words. Polity is how a church runs itself. So, for example, we are a Baptist church, and our polity is we are congregation-led, so we elect our pastor. There's not a bishop or anybody that appoints our pastor to our church. We select our staff and all of that. Liturgy is how you worship. So don't tell me you're a free church and we don't have a liturgy because I'm going to say no. I was no. wondering what that meant. You do <laughs> have a liturgy. Most people associate liturgy with like the Episcopal Church or the Catholic Church that has a prayer book that they go through. But 
Liturgy is literally how your order church worships. Worship. The fact, order of worship. Yes. How Don't call it an order of worship. Yeah. It's a liturgy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how do you worship is what we're going to talk about. Because all of those are actually very, very big, has, has a big use for what the future of the church holds. Bill? Awesome. And with that, uh, this is Man Up Podcast number 223. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, and once again, thanks so much for all our sponsors, supporters, and all the comments that you left us. So on behalf of our producer, Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, Earl Lloyd, my name is Bill Cox, and we're on this No Church Answer Tour. Check out our new YouTube channel. Additionally, we do our podcast with a live audience. So if you happen to see us out and about, stop in and say hi. And whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Pray.com. If you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com, post it there. And if you're still unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, or sugarlandbaptist.org and start Sunday at 945. And when you're ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. And participate and find small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class that you can join for small group discussions like this. Find one that is men only. If there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.